0: you joining us today on episode number 239 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So we often think that running is a solo sport, especially those of us that are real life runners and kind of just go out and run for fun. But today we're going to talk about why running is actually a team sport. Even if you don't really think that you're on a team, the camaraderie that comes along with running is something you can access anywhere.
1: This is the Real Life Runners podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. The Olympics are back. I feel like they just ended. Uh,
0: they because they did. Okay. Yeah, just like a few months ago, right? <laughs> so the Olympics are back. We love the Olympics We have talked about the Olympics last summer when it was the summer Olympics and obviously they're a little bit closer Together this year because of the way that the Olympics had to get rescheduled and all of the things but we are so excited so Kevin and I were talking the other day and you know the girls and I were talking also, but before that, That's what kind of inspired this episode. But before we get into that quick reminder Quick shout out to all of the people that are participating in our five day running challenge this week.
1: Yeah, challengers. It's been
0: so fun to meet you guys, and you guys are doing fantastic. So, quick shout out to those challengers. And then also, if you are interested in being a part of the Real Life Runners Training Academy, where we give you customized training plans that are right for you so that you can achieve your goals, we can help you learn how to run faster run longer without injury without pain understand how to listen to your body the doors for the real life runners training academy will be opening soon so if you are interested in finding out more information we are currently not open but we will be opening soon head over to our website real forward slash team and you can get on the wait list so that you can get all the information when we open the doors
1: that's nice forward slash team let's go team. back into the team topic that's uh, true of yeah the, of the podcast Yeah, here. or you
0: can just go to the website realliferunners.com and click on coaching in the top um button what's the the header Tab. the header of the website. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. If you click on coaching, then that'll take you to the waitlist also so that you'll be the first to know when the door is open. We do have limited spots available because of the customization of the program. So get on that waitlist. That will be, um, you'll be the first ones to know. But anyway, let's, let's get into this episode. So
1: you were talking about the winter Olympics.
0: I was, so we were talking the other night and I was thinking about it and we were watching women's hockey and women's hockey, Is you know the U.S. and Canada are just dominant in women's hockey, pretty much, and so it just kind of got me thinking. And I asked Kevin, I said, "Are there any other team sports in the Winter Olympics? Because in summer, there's a bunch, right? There's basketball, there's soccer, there's water polo, there's a lot of different team sports out there, right?
1: So then we started naming the other other team sports Mm -hmm. within the Winter Olympics, and there's the team. Aspect that they've created inside of figure skating, mm-hmm. and there's like some relay events inside of the different like speed skating and and the cross country skiing. I think is a team has a relay event, mm-hmm. and you said those don't count.
0: Well, I said that that's not exactly what I was thinking about. Like when I when I think of a team sport, that wasn't exactly you know a relay in track isn't exactly what I would call a team sport. Although it is a team, right? Like when you're in track, it you're on a track team. In the Olympics, it's for your country, or for if you're you know competing for a school, it's for your school. But like you think of running as a more individual sport, and so it just kind of got us thinking about this idea of running as a team sport versus an individual sport. And I think that this is even more apparent, or even more um, what's the word I'm looking for here. Clear cut? Clear cut, but it's not clear cut. That's kind of the point of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think it's even more accepted that it's a solo sport Uh, outside of the school atmosphere, right? Like, when we can talk about real-life runners, we talk about people like us that are busy parents, that are adults, that are out here running for new goals, right? We're not necessarily competing to win a championship with a school like you know when you're on a cross-country team a track team you're competing for your school when we're out here running we're competing for ourselves really
1: right i'm not sponsored that'd be neat then you could compete like as part of the other people of your sponsor mm-hmm. you know everybody that's true you can see that in the olympics also yep. people slide down and they you know flip their skis up so you can see the sponsor on the underside mm-hmm. of that and there's definitely people that are like oh that's my sponsor also and there's like a unity between them
0: yeah and there's i mean same thing with runners right like there are definitely training clubs and those kinds of things. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But when you think about just real life runners like us, non-elites out there, right?
1: It's very solo.
0: It it does seem very solo, right? But what we want to kind of talk about today is how it's not actually solo and how it also doesn't have to be solo because of the way that we are intrinsically wired as humans, there can be so much connection within the running community and that's really what we want to focus on today.
1: Right. From a couple of different perspectives. Yeah. Um, which I think is very good before we even get into this. This is two very different perspectives on how running is a, a team, a group competition. From me, I do most of my running uh, completely solo.
0: Which is right now. Right. Like, and this is the funny part about us is that this we've, is, we've totally flipped.
1: Yes. I So I got into running Purely in the team aspect, I yeah. ran, you know, high school cross country and track, and then ran cross country and track in college, and now have moved to pretty much every run I do is a solo activity. Yeah, often solo activity in the dark.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've always ran by myself because when I first got into running, it was really just because I didn't like my body and because I was trying to lose weight, and then it, it's turned into I ended up joining a local running club and run with people most days of the week. I still, I, lately have been trying to do at least one or two runs solo just mm-hmm. so that I can kind of like be by myself and tap in to my effort level and not have to worry about being faster or slower or keeping up with people or any of that stuff, right? That kind of go along with group runs. But I've kind of gone from more of a solo runner to more of a group runner.
1: But either way, we both have, you know, the, the unique perspectives on it, but both of us can still see the, the team, the community aspect of running. Even now when I go out and do all of my runs generally solo, mm-hmm. I can still see the community aspect of running in so many other ways.
0: Yeah, exactly. So when we think about running as a solo sport versus a team sport and like in this episode we really want to talk more about that team dynamic and why we want you guys to start thinking of running as more of a team sport because people intrinsically crave connection. This is just how our brain is wired. We are a pack people. Like human beings are wired to be part of the tribe or part of the pack because it is more beneficial for our survival to be a part of a big group this is how we were wired because of evolution right like when you are in a large group in a tribe in a pack you are more likely to survive versus if you were just out in the wilderness by yourself
1: right this goes back to like caveman wiring right you were better off as part of a group of people because humans were definitely not the strongest things around mm-hmm. so you needed a bunch of them and you need to be safe with your group because there were big giant wild animals and they would take out a single person
0: right and so this is what leads to a lot of like the pack mentality that human beings just naturally have we want to be part of the pack we want to be part of a group of people. That's just how we're naturally wired. We don't like to be kind of an outsider or on the outskirts of things. We like to have friends. We like to be connected. We like to have people that we agree with and that we can connect to in
1: different ways. Right. And there are plenty of people out there that are like, "Mm, that's not me. I like my alone time. I like to be by myself. And I completely agree. I am. I am part of that group. I like my alone time. (laughs) I like to be by myself. But part of, you know, the madness of these last few years has really highlighted that even for those people out there that are like, I like my alone time, you also like your alone time because you have so much together time. I think part of this part where we were uh, forced into various forms of isolation has made us crave the connection even more.
0: Yeah, it's funny because like isolation and the kind of everything that happened has both forced us into more isolation and also more togetherness. Like when yes. you are, when people were kind of like everything was shut down, you were kind of... "Quote unquote," stuck in your house with your family members, right? Nobody was leaving. People weren't going to work. They weren't going to school. They weren't going anywhere. You're like, "Oh my god, I just want to be alone," right? And then if you did end up getting sick and have to quarantine just by yourself in isolation, you do realize how lonely that is and how much you do crave. Like maybe you enjoyed like the first day, but you know by day five, you're probably kind of like, "I I really miss my people. I would like to
1: see my people." Yeah, yeah, and there's so much uh rapid advancements in the the use of technology in order to be able to connect with people now mm-hmm. like zoom existed pre-pandemic yeah but then the pandemic hit and it's now zooming is just like a casual verb that yeah it's like use. google right like it's just become the thing however you're video chatting with somebody zooming has now just become the term for that yep. which is phenomenal because for zoom it... and all of its stockholders <laughs> very good point um <laughs> But it's been a really great way to enhance the connection with other people in Uh a way that existed before, but I don't think was used anywhere near as frequently or as effectively before.
0: Yeah, right. So when we talk about kind of like finding connections with people, running is one of those things that can connect us to other people on a very deep level. Because like we always talk about on this podcast, running is about more than just running. Running is a way for us to live our best lives, to be healthy, strong, and fit individuals. It's a way for us to challenge ourselves. It's a way for us to honor ourselves and to take care of ourselves. It's a way for us to like burn off some of the stress of the day. Again, that self-care, right? It's a way for us to be the type of person that we want to be. And when there are other runners that get that, we can connect with them on a much deeper level than we can just like another Friend, I think like I have found that some of my running friends have become some of my closest friends in a much shorter period of time because of the deeper level of understanding that we have of each other as human beings at that do this crazy thing called running right like there has to be like a different mentality if you are a runner, if you consider yourself a runner, if you if you are consistent with running, there's just a different level of like commitment, mentality, um, discipline that goes along with that. And so you just can automatically, I think, connect with people, other people that are like you. The same thing goes with like moms, mom groups, you know, the reason that, you find other moms is, is that we've, we look for other people that are similar to ourselves, especially when it comes to that core identity. So I identify as a mom. So I connect very easily with other moms versus like say dads, right? And that's not, not to say there aren't dads that I can connect to because I can, but I just connect on a different level with moms because of the shared experience that I know we have.
1: Right, you also kind of have that assumption that you have a shared experience. Yeah, that's true. If you see another runner coming down the street or whatever, like you just you feel like there's going to be a connection. You may have never seen that person before. Mm -hmm. You're at the grocery store and you see somebody else wearing a running shirt from like a race and you're like, oh wait, I have that same shirt from that race. And you're just going to start a random conversation with that (laughs) person. Even though you've never met them before in your life, you could start asking running questions and you're getting their whole running history because you- they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is another runner. You're Now you're swapping PRs, yeah. which – No, don't do that. Yeah, then you get into a whole comparison thing. No, but don't you know do know people are going to start throwing this stuff out or like, hey, where do you run? When do you run? Mm-hmm. You would start doing those things, see if they can get you into your group runs. Well, <laughs> I would be like, I run super early in the morning. Please don't join me.
0: No, you would not. <laughs> you just need to find someone as fast as you that you can run with. But, like, I mean, that's the thing, though. And it's so true. Like, you would – naturally strike up a conversation with people that you think are similar to you like i would maybe you know say something in the grocery store to a mom that's like struggling with some kids or something like that like just giving her like you're doing a great job or like whatever it is right it's just because i know i've been there before same thing when you're out on a run and you see a runner running past you struggling like i try to say like great job or something like that or at least give a wave or a smile or something just because we've all been there like we know that and so when you have shared experiences with people you just naturally feel more of a bond to those people because you know that they get it right I think that that's really the difference is anytime you feel like you can connect with someone like you have a shared or similar identity whether that's a runner a spouse a parent, a mother, a sister, you know, all there's so many different roles that we play in our life. Um, maybe you're a part of a religious organization, you know, a, a Catholic, a, a Jew, like all these different places, like um, identities that we give ourselves, right? We share different levels of connection and bonds with people in those groups. And that's pretty amazing, right? And so if we taking this back to running, You know, when you have, like, a spouse or a friend or a significant other, maybe they, like, they're not a runner, right? And they know you are a runner, obviously, and they support you. They're like, yeah, you know, do your thing. It's great. Way to go. Yeah, and and they're supportive. Maybe they even come out to your races and stuff, but you know that they don't quite get it. Right They it, still think you're nuts they still and and that's cool, <laughs> and they accept it and they love you, right, and they support you, but you know that it's different than your running friends that understand you on that different level.
1: Yeah, you don't have to explain things to your running friends, like you don't have to explain what a long run means. And it doesn't really matter what the length of it is. It doesn't matter how fast you go. Everybody knows what a long run is. Mm -hmm. Like you could have a conversation with an Olympian about a long run and you could be out there where your long run is like six miles at 12 minute pace and you both understand what long run means. And the challenges, physical and mental challenges that come with, whew, this is going to be my long run of the week mm-hmm. because there's the, there's a struggle that comes with that. There's an enjoyment, there's a satisfaction, but there's a struggle to it and everybody gets it and you don't have to explain it. And then you definitely don't want the response from like the supportive person who doesn't quite get it of like, well... Do you have to do the long run? Why don't you just not do the long run mm-hmm. if it's such a hard thing to do?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to necessarily explain yourself. Exactly. Yeah, especially when you're already mentally struggling with it, <laughs> right? And you're like, because then part of your brain's going to be like, well, I guess they're right. Like, I guess I don't really have to do it. Or maybe I could just cut it a little shorter. You know, like, especially your friends that are like, just come join us at brunch. And you're like, that sounds much more enjoyable. That does sound nice. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But, like, then you have your running friends that are like, yeah, no, this is what we do. You know, we have to do our run first. Like, I have uh, an amazing group of running friends and – It was my birthday last weekend and they like threw a little post long run birthday celebration for me and they had, you know, we had some some treats afterwards and stuff like that and part of me like I felt kind of bad because I actually had a lot like a longer run I had 13 miles on my schedule that day and so I knew I wasn't going to get back as early as some of the other people that were maybe only doing like 6 or 8 not that that's sure I shouldn't say only but like you know compared to relative, 13 relative
1: to your 13, I'm going to be
0: out there longer than they are and so when I got back like a lot of people had to leave and I was like I'm so sorry and they're like that's no, cool we got it like nobody was upset nobody right. was offended I didn't have to explain it like I saw um, the girl who planned it um, who kind of took charge of it I saw her this morning And I thanked her, of course, and, like, she actually had to leave, unfortunately, because she had somewhere (laughs) to be, you know, Saturday morning. I'm like, thank you so much for planning it. I'm so sorry that I missed you. She's like, no, it's fine. You had miles to run. Like, it wasn't even, you know, she wasn't offended by it. She just just got it.
1: Yeah, and it made sense. It was your birthday. Let's celebrate the birthday. But you still are going to get your miles in. (laughs) Exactly. that's, That's still coming, and no one questions it.
0: Right, and, like, the other thing about runners that is so beautiful is that, like, other runners, they understand the highs and lows and they, uh, of the whole journey, right? Like, they understand that, like, some days you just have really stinky runs, and that's okay, and then some days you have amazing runs, and that – deserves to be celebrated like people that aren't runners don't really understand it they know that you're happy and or they know that you're sad and when you're sad they don't quite understand why it matters that much and when you're happy they also don't really understand why it matters that much
1: they also are going to try and fix the the you're bummed out Mm -hmm. but if you don't really grasp running and you have like a bad workout or you struggled through it or you had to cut the run short or whatever it is the the justification for non-runners very often is going to be like it's it was just your run Mm -hmm. like can't you can't just kind of get emotionally past that because it was just your run and runners are going to be like you know they're just they're going to be grumpy for a little while or you can just connect with them on a level with another runner on the level of like you know what it was a bad run the next run's gonna be fine bad runs come up it's better to have a bad run on a workout than it is on race day. Like, they just get the challenge of the the running journey that has its highs and lows. You don't try to fix them and justify them. You just kind of accept that there are highs and lows along the running journey.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the benefits of us being spouses that are both runners. Like, even though Kevin and I are very different types of runners, we have different goals, we have different experiences, different abilities, all those things, we're still both runners. And so we can connect with, like even though Kevin goes out for, like, you know, a 20-mile casual run on the weekend every weekend. And I go out, and I'm, like, you know, proud of myself that I just hit 13 again for the first time in quite some time. Like, I'm not quite sure the last time I hit the 13-mile mark.
1: We both hit 13 this weekend. Yay! It was nice. Look
0: at that. See, we did match this weekend. But, like, we were just different. And so, and even though we are different in, in the details the underlying under understanding there you go the underlying understanding nice. is the same right like we both understand that we both have goals we both are pushing ourselves we are both you know trying to get better and do different things in our running and even though those goals are slight, slightly look different we're still in it in the same way.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it, that's what I kind of I opened with. The long run is a long run and people know what that means. Mm-hmm. People know what hill repeats are. Yeah. Like if you've ever done hill repeats, you grasp the challenge and lack of ability to breathe and the burn of the legs that are hill repeats. Mm-hmm. Like you get that. You understand the, the struggle that is trying to hold pace on the back half of a, of a 5k. Like mm-hmm. there are things that you get that are completely pace and ability independent. Ugh, yeah. Like you just understand certain aspects of running with having to try to explain it because they're really difficult to explain
0: i know i was doing some 5k intervals this morning like and there's short intervals you know like we're we're doing just two minutes at like 5k effort and i was like oh my gosh how do i hold this for an entire 5k right always
1: always a fun one
0: and that's always the thought it doesn't matter what that 5k pace is right it doesn't (laughs) matter if you're running your 5k at 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is. Like. 5k effort is hard and again that kind of goes back to that beauty of effort-based training which those of you that are in the five-day challenge this week we've been talking a lot about effort-based training and how to really use it to our advantage and completely like skyrocket our progress using effort-based training because it doesn't matter if you are a 15-minute 5k runner or a 30-minute 5k you're still pushing yourself at the same level. If, if you're really trying to race and trying to PR 5k.
1: Right. 5k level is how long can I live in the orange? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it I don't want to redline discomfort. it. I just want to be right there. Oof. Oh man. It's that's so a tough painful.
0: One. So painful. All
1: right. So this is, you know, part of how um, we connect to others so nicely because we see part of ourselves in the other person. Part of joining a group uh, one of the things that happens to anybody when they join the group is that in order to maintain the alliance with the group, they sort of assimilate. They adjust themselves to be part of the group. Ideally, this is going to set you up for higher levels of success. This is going to set up everybody in the group for higher levels of success. You know, if the group is is super consistent and everybody's out there and they're doing their running, that's going to inspire People to stay with the group and Mm -hmm. maintain that kind of consistency. It's beyond just like a generic accountability partner checking in to say, hey, did you run? It just sort of naturally happens that if the group is all running, that the running just kind of follows in so that you keep up with the group, basically.
0: Yeah, because if everybody's consistent, you are also going to want to be consistent because that puts you as part of the group. So what your subconscious mind does is your subconscious says, well, If I want to be a part of this group and this group is all doing this, then I need to be doing that too. So it just makes it easier for your brain to get on board with that, right? If there's everyone around you is kind of doing that thing and you've decided that this, this is the part of the group that I want to be or this is the group that I want to be a part of, then... I better get on board and start doing that as well.
1: Right. And when I started running in high school, it was very easy to figure out what you were doing. You did what coach said and everybody went out for their run and there were various distances that you did, but everybody went out and ran because that's what coach said to do. If you started getting a few people on the team that were like, yeah, instead of the run, we're all going to go head to that park and we're just going to play football for a little while and then we're all going to come back to school at like the time we're supposed to mm-hmm. now suddenly the group starts dividing and you yeah. get you have multiple groups going on there and some people branch off to the hey let's go screw around over here and some people are going to stick with the run the group splits and you have to decide which group you're going to be a part of because mm-hmm. ultimately you're going to try and stay in one of those groups and it, because it's hard if everybody says, nope, we're just, we're going to skip the run today and go to brunch. We're going to skip the run today and go do this thing. We're all going to stay out late the night before and maybe we'll get up for our morning run the next day. Yeah. It's difficult to be the solo person. You're going to do essentially what the group does. So ideally, it raises everybody. If the group is consistently running, you run. If the group stresses the importance of strength training, you strength train. Like you do what the group does.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why it's really important for you to choose your group, right? Like exactly what you just said with that example. Like if the group splits, then are you going with the people that are playing football or are you going to go with the people that are running their workout for that day? Same thing with like now – as a real life runner, if you've got a group, um, you know, if you, maybe you have, are lucky enough to have multiple running groups to choose from, you know, which group of people do you want to be a part of? I've been a part of different running groups on Facebook online. And let me tell you, even though there's, they're all running groups, there's a lot of differences between some of the running (laughs) communities out there. There are some, um, and I've heard this from people also that are part of in-person running groups in different areas or different States. And they move to this area because the running group that I'm a part of, I cannot speak highly enough of like uh, all the women in my group are just absolutely amazing but unfortunately i hear it's not the same you know other places that other people are more exclusive or more critical of pace and it's like well we're running a nine minute mile and if you can't keep up then you can't be a part of this group and like you know and there's you know that's what you have to know kind of going into it like what kind of group is this
1: it's rough (laughs) like yeah like we you have to maintain a certain pace otherwise you're you're kicked out the back like
0: like i've i've my i had people tell me that that's exactly what was said to them when they showed up at a run
1: i know and i mean i get that you're going to want to branch off and kind of form mini groups within well, so that course. everybody's got that's their like, their general pace group yeah. but everybody should have someone to be able to go out and run with like that's kind of the point of these in person running groups mm-hmm lacking the in-person running groups you can have online running groups where you've got this connection and your pace is not that important at all because you're never actually running in in person with with each
0: other right but like you said if you're showing up and and you're being consistent with your runs you're showing up for your long runs you're posting about your strength training and those kinds of things like we see it inside of our training team all the time you know one person will post their strength workout and then another person will be like oh shoot i should really do my strength workout yep. i skipped it yesterday and so just by other people in the group posting it inspires the other members to get on because they're like oh this is what we do here this
1: is what we do yeah and so that's the best aspect of the the group and you kind of kind of, following along with what the pack does if the group is consistent you stay consistent if the group is strength training you do the strength training it's really great one of the dangerous things is if you're not quite on the same level as the group and i don't mean from like an exclusion thing like if the group that you're in is all full of people that are all training for the upcoming marathon, and you're training for an upcoming 5K, and that's the mileage you're at. You can't just flip over and be like, "Oh yeah, I guess I'm also going to be training for the upcoming marathon." Yeah, that's a great way to be part of the group until like two weeks later, where you're injured,
0: where you're hurt. Yeah, no, you're not part of the group at all. Correct. And and I unfortunately I see this happen all the time, both in my group and other groups that I've you know seen out on the roads and stuff. Is that people want to be part of that group so badly that they do ramp up their mileage too quickly or try to run at a pace that's really above their level at that point where they are in their training, not to say they can ever get there because they totally can i'm sure you know de- depending on experience and all the things and how how fast or how long they want to be able to do, but if they don't give themselves Enough time themselves enough time to get to that point, and instead just kind of jump in and want to be a part of the group and be exactly where everyone else in the group is. That can lead a lot of lead to a lot of problems.
1: Right. So unhealthy comparison is yeah. is not so good. So it's really nice to be able to say, look, the group is consistent. I'll be consistent. That's mm-hmm. way better than the group's training for a marathon. Sign me up. Like that seems like a dangerous plan.
0: I mean, unless you have the right timeline.
1: And yes, but. Just because they've signed up for the one in three months does not mean that you can also sign up for it. There's a reason why there's not couch-to-marathon programs. At least, God, I hope they aren't.
0: I mean, I'm sure you can find one. Uh, You can find anything on the interwebs now.
1: I do not. I'm not even going to try and search for that. That's just going to bring tears to my eyes. (laughs) Couch-to-marathon.
0: Yeah. So how is running a team sport? So, you know, by now, hopefully you understand the importance of being a part of a group that understands you, right? Having... Other people in your life that you can share one of your identities with. In this case, we're talking about being a runner. And so when we can find those people and actually start thinking about running as a team sport, we can start seeing this all over the place. Like in running clubs or in a local shoe store, in local races, right? Just like your local 5K or 10K Usually, there are a few hundred runners that show up at all of those places, and you that means that you share something with every single person that's there in that race.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got other runners that you can probably see all over the place, depending on when and where you run. I know on like the loop that I go on in the morning, I don't see many people, but I say hi to all of them. Yeah. I wave and say hi to every person I pass when I'm out running. Which is weird for me because I don't generally say hi and wave to random strangers, but when I'm running and they're also out there, I do because I feel like there's this connection and I do the same thing at the start of races. I'm really chatty with random strangers and you know me. I am not a chatty with random strangers kind of person.
0: Well, there's a reason that you got voted most personable teacher at your school
1: this year. Yeah, a miscount. Clearly a miscount (laughs) is what happened to that one.
0: I did not win this election.
1: I did not try to, to, I (laughs) I did not campaign for that at all. I don't know how that happened, but I don't. Most personable
0: folks right here. Uh, Yeah. In the flesh.
1: Every other teacher that I told that to, their response was really no that is so
0: not true my i told my friends that and they're like yeah i can see that Kev, kevin is very personable it's
1: because all of your friends that know me are all runners and so i can strike up random conversations <laughs> with me exactly. the only kids at the school that i'm randomly personable with are the kids on our cross-country team Are the
0: runners <laughs> yeah hence look at that like all of a sudden you can be more personable there you go or you can be talk about math
1: or I can talk about math. These yeah. are my options. There you it's, go. It's algebra and running. That's what I got.
0: There we go. But like you're seeing this kind of lean in towards the team aspect of running all over the place. Like if you look at marathons, you can see that a lot of marathons now are having marathon relay teams. I know I've done one and it was super fun. Like it is, again, this like different level of participation in this race like we had a, we, it was a team of four people i think you can have like teams of two to four people and we had a great time you know that day and um i have other friends that were were doing marathon relays and also have enjoyed the heck out of it but you see it in ragnar events right that's like a 12 person team or some people go the the ultra route and do a six person team, team. And, but like it's that again that bond and that connection that you Gain with these people doing these types of hard physical things.
1: Yeah, all these like crazy relay races, and Ragnar's a big one. I know I grew up on the West Coast, so like the Hood to Coast up in Oregon was a huge thing. It's, yeah. I don't even know that it's like 130 some miles oh, wow. and there's not really even standard checkpoints of where you trade. You just have to get your team from one point to the other. Oh, really? So it's phenomenal. And it's a very interesting, kind of exciting way to make this phenomenal bond. You mm-hmm. ever go to a Ragnar website and they talk about the bond way more than they talk about the race itself. Mm-hmm. They talk about this bond that is formed by completing this thing with your friends. Yeah. And that's that's the team aspect. And you don't have to do the most crazy overnight sleep deprivation. We're going to knock out 200 miles as a group. You can... As as a group of friends, all just run the same race. Mm-hmm. You could all train for the same race. You could all train for the same distance and then run different races. Mm-hmm. You could be on other parts of the country, but you could be in different countries and train for a race that's roughly at the same time. So you and another person can be like training buddies mm-hmm. and follow the same training plan totally understand the highs and lows that are coming with that training plan even though you're not in the same place at all
0: yeah exactly and like there's lots of different ways that you can challenge yourself and like maybe find a friend or a group of friends to get together and do it like um in my group uh, there's a group of girls that are doing the yeti challenge in a couple of weeks right where they run five miles every four hours right so you have to complete a 50k in 24 a 24 hour period. And they're all at different levels and they're gonna run it together right mm-hmm. and, you know it doesn't matter what pace it is and we're just gonna go out there and we're just gonna keep each other accountable make sure that we're safe right because like some of these runs are at 10 p.m and one at 2 a.m like because you have to run every four hours so are they
1: staying together for all 20 for uh-huh. like 24 straight hours they're just hanging at somebody's house yeah
0: yeah so they've got like one apartment and one um like a hotel room that nice. are, are close to each other so that everybody's just kind of like camping out and having fun that's fun yeah I'm about to ask you I can do that Uh so yeah I
1: know you are She's, she's going to wait till we stop recording so I don't have to give the official answer on the air. Oh,
0: by the way, you remember that thing I was telling you about on the podcast?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fine because I know the thing that you're helping me complete in a few months. So right. we're all we're all supportive here inside of the Real Life running family. Mean,
0: and that's it too, right? Like even these big ultra races, like, you know, we had um, a runner on the cross country team whose dad would do the Death Valley race every single year. And uh, they yeah. went out there as a family, as a... A support crew, right? Like that was his team. His team was the people driving the van and supporting him with water and food and all the things. Like that was his team.
1: For a lot of these ultra marathons, people have like an entire, you know, van full of people. They'll have like yeah. two to five people that can support them and they'll maybe multiple vehicles that will leapfrog. He ran the Badwater Race, which goes from, like, the lowest point in the continental U.S. to the highest point, 135 miles. It's insane. His wife was his support crew. Mm -hmm. It was wife and daughter. And that's how his daughter grew up celebrating her birthday, was helping Dad complete this race through Death Valley up to the top of Mount Whitney. Yeah. So pretty cool
0: yeah it is cool and that was his team right and so even though well his daughter did become a runner but like even though his wife wasn't a runner as as far as i understand it nope Nope, um, that was not her thing yeah you know they were still a part of his team and they were still there to support him but he also had i'm sure running friends that he could connect to on those different levels you know that understood what it was like to put their bodies through an ultra marathon, especially the Badwater ultra marathon.
1: Yes, and now he's convinced one of his long, long-time friends that he should also do the Badwater marathon. Go. So, there you, know, there you the, go. Th- and it continues building from one person to the other. So right.
0: So I think that, like you know, kind of where we want you take away from this episode is that running is a team sport and it's up to you exactly what you want that to look like whether that means you get other local people on board and you find local running friends to to go out and run with or running clubs or even if it's just like one group run once a week you know I think that there are a lot of communities now depending on where you live that will have like these get-togethers. You might need to drive a little bit to get there but maybe once a week it might be worth it. It might be fun for you to go do that. Um, or if you don't want to go in person, find people online. You know, Find people online that you can share that camaraderie and that connection with the people that understand you because I know that like one of my um, – best business friends is someone that i've actually never met in person before right like it's another woman that is an entrepreneur just like me that's building her business and we talk every week and we understand each other and connect with each other on such a different level because we get the struggle right so even if you're not meeting in person find people that you can connect with in that way so that you can feel More connected in your running journey.
1: I mean, I think that's one of the high points of social media is people post their running stuff on whatever their social media or Strava Mm -hmm. and they get other people that follow and can give them like thumbs up and like cheer for the accomplishments. You feel like you're connected, like you have a bigger support crew. And if you're following random runners on Instagram and like giving them thumbs up afterwards, in all likelihood, you're also a runner. Mm -hmm. Like the people who post and regularly get like a handful of like, you know, likes and hearts and whatever the things are on all of the different platforms forms that's like family and other runners that are following them along like that. And that's it. And that's, it's still your support crew. That's still your team. It's just kind of a smaller team and it's whatever team you need to help drive you towards your best goals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So go out and find your team. Um, and just wanted to mention, you know, we do have a community aspect to our real life runners training Academy. So again, if you are interested in learning more information there, um, Yes, you get all of the tools for you to become a better runner, including lessons and a customized plan that you know is going to be right for you. But you get the community and you get coaching and you get the support that you need so that when the times get rough, you know you can be consistent. You know you have those tools there and that support there for you to accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish in your running and in the rest of your life so if you want to get more information and be the first to know when we open up the doors you can head over to realliferunners.com forward slash team and put your name on the wait list today and you could even take it one step further and if you have maybe a friend that is interested in running or you think this might be a helpful episode feel free to share this episode and encourage your friends to become your support crew and be like, Hey, you want to be my team? Perfect. (laughs) All right, you guys, thanks for joining us. As always, this has been the real life runners podcast episode number 239. Now get out there and run your life.
1: Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the real life runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life.
0: We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.